Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Was that the best WWE Money in the Bank ladder match you've ever seen? I am Luke and I'm joined by the blondest man on the planet, Adam Blumpier. How are you, sir? Okay? I'm warm and I'm tired. How are you, more importantly? Have you slept? No, I haven't. Oh, Luke. Uh, well, yeah, so I, I finished, uh, we finished doing the stream. And then I did all the back end stuff for getting the timestamps together. And I wrote the script for the green screen review. And I recorded that about half past six, got that all together. And I got it like gathered all together and, and sent it across to the editor uh, with all the images and stuff. And then I had some contractors uh, coming over to install some uh, wardrobes at seven. So I was like, well, there's very little point in me going to bed now, is there? So I have just powered through. I've had several cups of tea, uh, and I had a and I fell asleep during my lunch break. <laughs> big I, brave uh, boy, big brave boy. Watched an episode of ER and just fell asleep a bit. <laughs> We're too old, too old to be reviewing wrestling. Oh my god, Adam, I'm so tired. I've got to do another show after this. <laughs> I'm doing board game club after this. Oh. I gotta pretend. I gotta pretend to have fun with Denise, no less. Oh God, of all people. <laughs> oh, it's a good show though, eh? Oh well, I mean, that's the best thing about this, right? So we get to talk about Money in the Bank 2021, uh, and it featured. I mean, there were a lot of things you could have talked about. You could have talked about Charlotte Flair winning the title again. You could have talked about John Cena making his return to WWE. You could have talked about um, Nikki Ash getting the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase. Um, oh, sorry. I, I think I'm just getting something there about briefcases. Oh, briefcase? <laughs> yeah, briefcase. Yes, it's a briefcase. Oh, briefcase! Yep, that, that's right. Yeah, she won the briefcase. Um, and and we, we could also talk about uh, Roman Reigns sometimes going against the fans and the, the, the criticism I've seen recently of Sloman Reigns when it comes to his main event matches. Um... But I think that what I want to kick off with is the real positive, which is, holy heckins, that 
Money in the Bank ladder match, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, was superb. Adam. Yeah. Agreed. Did you want more? Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. A, a little bit. Maybe we've got an hour to fill. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, perf- perfect, really. It's my favourite. I mean, obviously, re- recency bias is, is a thing. But it's my favourite uh, Money in the Bank ladder match for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, what a field. Second of all, everyone was there to perform a function. Uh, heels acted like heels. Faces acted like faces. There wasn't a lot of arbitrary oh, I'm getting ladder stuff. Inventive spots that we, we haven't seen before. Kevin Owens did his thing. Um, John Morrison did his thing. Ricochet did his thing. Um, like every Yeah, everyone performed a function. Uh, Drew wasn't, uh, like he, he didn't win, which is the best thing that could have happened for Drew. And after a horrible, horrible year, someone that the fans have been waiting to have this kind of victory got this kind of victory. Um, it wasn't too long. It had all the right amount of spots. I, I see no foul on it. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, as a you know, compared to the women's match that came earlier in the night, I feel that the uh, the field was a bit more uh, chaotic in terms of who was actually going to walk away with the win. With the, when it came down to the women's match, I was like, really, it comes down to one of two people. It's either going to be Nikki Ash or it's going to be Liv Morgan. Like that was basically where I sort of fell. I couldn't see it being anyone else on that on the card. However, when it came to the men's, I was like, it could be Drew, could be Beige, it could be Seth. Uh, it could be Riddle. Like it, it wasn't going to be Ricochet. It wasn't going to be Morrison, and it wasn't going to be uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. But could have been Kevin Owens. You know, I mean, Sean Rossap, who came onto our stream last night, kind of killed that theory dead by saying, "Oh no, Kevin's been asking for time off for quite a while." And WWE's answer to him requesting time off was like, "Can you do two ladder matches in the space <laughs> of a couple of weeks, please?" Please. You, you. <laughs> how much do you want to see your family? How much do you like your back? Um, but like you said, like I think I felt everyone really fulfilled what they set out to do in here. Like, yeah, Ricochet never any chance that he was winning this match. There was not not a cat in hell's chance. Natalia had more chance of winning her match than Ricochet had winning this one. She but... deserved that. <laughs> Natalia, you're so weird all the time. It's, it's just how people talk, Adam. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like Ricochet, like he he was there to do his flips. And he did those flips really, really good. And he, he landed all of those flips successfully. John Morrison was there to just be a tool. And he was an amazing tool throughout this match, acting like a total knob with Seth Rollins. And like spraying his like the drip his, super stick. Soaker, his super soaker in Shinsuke's face when he was at the top of the ladder was kind of like wonderfully douchebag stuff. And I thought Seth actually was a, a really good heel as well. And I thought the promo they cut afterwards where he didn't win was really, really good stuff from Seth. And vitally uh, shone some doubt on the main event, which is exactly what that kind of foreshadowing should do. You weren't sure if Seth was going to come out and interfere or if Edge was going to win. And that was the program that was going to carry the Universal title into SummerSlam. We believed. Well, I mean, I did. We yeah well one of the things that i've seen a few people talk about is that uh i'm glad drew didn't win i'm glad that i saw someone say like i'm glad the higher ups have now seen that drew isn't the guy and they're not going with him anymore i I wanted to kind of get your i i disagree with that take as well like i wanted to get your thoughts on this though because drew was kind of like one of the odds on favorite to win but he felt like he was the one person people didn't really want to win yeah we just didn't need it 
it's not that he's not the guy. Uh, I also really hate the idea of the guy. Um, whenever WWE builds their entire company around one person, you know, it always, you know, when that person goes away, then you enter a couple of years of the worst wrestling ever. Um, but it's just, he didn't need it. It's like, he doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble for a second time. It's not that we have anything against Drew, or at least I don't. I'm sure some people do because they're contrary and don't like the idea of being told who to like. But he just didn't need to win money in the. He doesn't need to be in a, in the main event title picture for a little bit. He can he can feud with Jinder over his room brooms, and that's absolutely fine. Um, yeah. And and then we'll build up maybe maybe in a few months down the road. It's just yeah, we just wanted a little break. And Money in the Bank is a concept that is predicated on someone who is not quite ready for the title being essentially shone a spotlight on by the company and saying, you watch this space soon, soon this person. And we don't need that for Drew. Drew's had the Drew's, Drew's a two-time WWE champion. He doesn't need the briefcase. Big E has never been WWE champion or universal champion. He needs that briefcase. Well, let's talk about Big E. So Beige won the match. Beige. Bloody, bloody thrilled for wait for it. Beige, Beige. win the the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase. Just absolutely delighted for him to unhook it. Briefcase. Yeah. And it was a wonderful moment because, like, we we had a chaos extreme ourselves during the Money in the Bank live reactions because we had 10 people basically on screen all watching the match at the same time, all at various different points of the match because of time sinks and things like that. And we all had Big E to win. Every single person that was in our stream said, I really want Big E to win. Big E is my pick to win. And Beige was the man that came out with the win in the end. And it really felt like this whole, you know, both, both Money in the Bank winners last night have never been world champions before. And that feels like a real, like, that's a step forward in trying to create new top stars. Yeah, it's a breakout format. It is like the Royal Rumble. It's really exciting because it lets the fans in on a peek behind who they're high on, where their intentions are going. And it just start you start to frame people in a certain way. And Big E was for a long time someone that you didn't look at in that context, like Kofi. You know, like for the longest time, we didn't frame Kofi in that context of, oh, he, you know, he's going to be a WWE champion. But as soon as you do, as soon as you get the idea that WWE are leaning into that, that ge sort of generates its own hype. And it's really exciting. Um, and yeah, like Big E's been an also ran for such a long time. And it, the idea that WWE look at him and think, yeah, yeah, he can have the top belt in our company. That is yeah. exhilarating stuff. It's it's it's, it's been a, it's been a year, you know. Like um, WWE have done a lot wrong in in the pandemic, mostly behind the scenes. But they turned Roman heel. They pushed Cesaro as a as a possible main eventer. They put Daniel Bryan in the main event of WrestleMania again. Um, and and they're strapping a rocket to Big E finally. Like it's it's yeah, it's a really exhilarating time. Um, and yeah, like you say, couldn't be more happy for him. He what, was a what a that, lovely man. Oh, isn't he just? And he's like, he's a guy that people wanted to win this year's Royal Rumble. Like he was the, I, I felt like a, that was a massive sway from like YouTube comments that we've had over on our product and stuff being like, I really want Biggie to win the Rumble. So for him to win money in the bank feels like, you know, that's a really good next step in his journey. I suppose my question for you is where do you think you go with Biggie next? Do you go with Roman, who is pretty busy at the moment with um, John Cena? Or do you take him over to Raw 
and add him into the Bobby Lashley mix, given that Bobby Lashley squashed his best friend Kofi Kingston in a matter of seven minutes. Yeah, I, I do. I don't get me wrong. Like, I I don't necessarily want to come to mirror the Kofi Mania image of you know Kofi winning the title, surrounded by the New Day hugging him. Like, I don't think every member of the New Day needs to win the title that exact way. But that being said, they are they're, they're wrestling's one true friendship. Like, they they are actually um, a a slice of like joy. Uh, that actually exists in real life and has made its way onto the camera and hasn't been sort of corrupted or tainted by swerve booking and or the desperate desire that WWE has to destroy friendships for fleeting feuds. They've endured. Um, so if, if Biggie's going to win the title, like avenging Kofi, it, I yeah, I I I want to see it. I really really do. It's just it, it would just be nice. And I'm more into that than I am Lashley Goldberg, which is the sort of rumored direction for SummerSlam. Like our, our top matches for SummerSlam, looking for uh, are going to be uh, Roman Cena, Seth Edge, and Lashley Goldberg. Uh, Lashley Goldberg is not something I am massively into at all. And you know, we had uh, some ultra chats in yesterday that were like, I'd love to see Biggie cash in just before the bell rings for that match. So he's the honorable baby face. He's not like sneaking a victory in. It's strategically a terrible move to turn it into a triple threat, but it's a triple threat I'm way more interested in watching than a terrible singles match. I think so. I don't know. I, 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 I think I'd rather get Goldberg out of the way. It, it, it's really poorly timed because Biggie cashing in like on bobby tomorrow and saying you me SummerSlam, let's have you you've did you did that to my best friend and i'm going to wreck you for it like that for me is the best possible way this feud could go because then bobby can double down really hurt kofi really hurt xavier beat down biggie and it doesn't and it's like well biggie's just got it can he beat bobby goldberg is just a unnecessary complication in this because i yeah. like I, a lot of people hated the kofi bobby match uh for emotional reasons not to be too patronizing uh but i loved it as an angle um and i think right now the iron is hot people are furious about what bobby did to kofi so yeah. for me for me SummerSlam's the time and just get goldberg out of the way I agree. Yeah. Like it'll be interesting because the report is there's going to be Goldberg. Goldberg's going to be making his return on Raw tonight, but we don't know if that's for sure. Like that is just a report. Like it could be the direction for SummerSlam is actually Lashley Big E. And we're going, we're just going to continue this Hurt Business New Day feud instead. So let's, let's kind of get, uh, get through Raw tonight and sort of see where the direction is. Cause we could be in a situation where Biggie just holds on to it for a while. Like he doesn't have to cash in right away. He could hold on to that briefcase for a couple of months. Just walk around, parade around with it. And, you know, like Edge, when he won it for the first time, didn't cash in for nearly a year. Yeah, I know. It, it's weird for a face to do it. it. It's not impossible. I actually think Nikki should hold it for ages. I think Nikki should be the one who holds it for, you know, six months, um, building up the courage, building up, you know, becoming the superhero slowly but surely. I think Biggie should. Like, I, I, I don't understand what would stop Big E now, unless he's unless he is kind of playing smart, playing cunning, playing mind games. But after yesterday, I just I want him to do it tomorrow. I really do.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Well, let's see what you've all got to say about this in our Ultra Chats. Charles Berg said, uh, That finish to the women's ladder match was brilliant. Loved it. Roman Reigns continues to be our sexy anime villain. Hooray for Beige. How does Russell feel about Adam's new nickname being Toriano? I that's think not, it's some of my best work, frankly. That's not kind. I don't. <laughs> not a Tory. I mean, uh, you're, of all, you're of all the of all the days it. of all the days to be called a Tory, not not oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> you turning all over the show. Um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not a fair thing to to call you now, is it, Adam? <laughs> you, you, you're, far, you're far from it, really, aren't you? No, I'm quite Labour. I really am. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a funny play on words, though, isn't it? It is. It is. I can't deny that. That's that's fair. But I hate. I hate. It. <laughs> <laughs> have the have the fans ever given you a nickname which you've been just like oh, no, oh, yeah. i know i just hate so, that so um when we did MediaCon uh, a few years back uh rich swan was um kind of just getting into watching wrestle talk right and so he uh and he's an ex- he's basically just a big ball of energy that is what rich swan is he is just like you the jira uh, Duracell bunny just wind him up and off he pops and in the week leading up to MediaCon, he was cl- clearly watching a lot of wrestlers to try and get to know us all, right? And so he sort of bounds into the room to say hi to everyone. And he's like, oh my God, it's Ollie Davis. Oh my God, it's Al Fagan to Laura Blake. Problem was, I'd been on my honeymoon that week. So he didn't really know who I was. And so he just sort of paused and he just, and I just went, you. And, <laughs> and I basically became known as the other one. And it was just... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Luke. So it was Ollie, Laurie, and the other one. The Triforce, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ross also, during that time as well, called me uh, Ollie Davis's side bitch, and that's, that stuck around for a little bit. Uh, yes, I imagine it would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, in fairness, I lent into that one. Um, if you do want to have your chat read out on the air, uh, wrestletalk.com forward slash support, uh, we'll be reading out all of your chats over the $5 limits. Ryan Lewis said, first time Ultra Chatter here, best pay-per-view for a long time. Charlotte versus Rhea was a match of the year contender for me. Roman versus Edge, while starting slow, turned into an excellent match. Cena coming back tops it all off. He's a legend. He deserved that pop. Uh, Dylan Jason Boer, he said last night was absolutely amazing. I've missed seeing the crowds uh, and both Money in the Bank winners were, uh, winners were well deserved. Salty about Edge though. Seth versus Rollins. Uh, I think that's meant to be Edge versus Rollins. Edge versus Rollins at SummerSlam for the number one contendership. Love Dylan, number one Edgehead future patron. Fantastic pay per view. Uh, HCB, I'm very Adam. Your your birds are being like really coming through your microphone. It is really delightful. Have you got lots of bird song outside? Yeah, I've opened up my little balcony because it's really, really, really hot. And there's just, I live in a Disney. I live in a Disney life. They're making, <laughs> they're making my prom dress as we speak. Get on with it. Uh, HCB said, hi guys, as a Brit, I also feel your sleeping pain. Last night I said I thought uh, the men's money in the bank uh, was the best one ever. As long as they don't botch Big E's cash-in, that opinion won't change. To be honest, this is the best main roster pay-per-view in the last five, maybe ten years. Ooh. I mean, I don't think there's a bad match on it. I really don't. I know some people are just like, the women's match was a bit hokey for me. Didn't mind it at all thought it had some really fun stuff like it was just an entertaining time to to watch um the combination of the crowd being back the the closing like I, I i could i could yeah i guess by default i don't know if it's like like i don't know if i've kind of reached as as like the highs uh of some of the pay-per-views like the first time we watched jay uso versus roman was like that feel like that felt like a special moment um bianca versus sasha was was kind of special i don't know if there was necessarily i mean like biggie obviously you're really really happy for him i don't know if there's anything quite emotionally up there to be just like that moment but in terms of like a top to tail pay-per-view I, I there's nothing wrong with it so yeah i i, I think that tracks uh, and lastly for now scott peden said i was there in the crowd live it was so amazing being part of a crowd again my throat is sore this morning bobby winning for me cast doubt on roman winning but you can never bet against the tribal chief such a great show Well, let's get into that show, Adam, uh, because so I, I mentioned this in my 10 minute review. I feel that the pandemic era of WWE has trained us all think that the pre-show match doesn't matter. And we've all just been like, eh, it's just, you know, it's two lads that go out there or two lads to go out there, do seven minutes. And it means diddly dick. And we all just move on. With it. Basically, it's just there to fill time because Jerry Lawler can't talk for an hour. And the because now fans are back, it felt like this was a an effort to kind of write that wrong because we had the usos versus the mysterios a match that's had story it's had build it's got a reason to be there it's for the tag titles and 
the Usos got the win. The Usos won the tag straps here. So that plays into the much larger, broader picture of SmackDown's title scene with Roman Reigns and everything like that. And on top of that, it was a really, really good match. Yeah, talk about the Usos being the kind of crowned heroes of the pre-show tag match. They've done this before and a whole bunch of times. I remember they had a really good pre-show match, I think, with um, Seth and Roman, I think, is the Shield. That might have been a pre-show match on like a Money in the Bank one time, I think. Um, they also had the amazing SummerSlam pre-show match against the New Day, which is one of the greatest tag matches of the last few years. Um, that, yeah, Usos just turn it out on the pre-show. Every time, every time you see them booked in for a pre-show match, just make sure you, that is appointment viewing. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I think... Uh, uh, Dominic, his first pay-per-view in front of fans was, I think he performed exceptionally well. I don't think him and Ray lose anything. And I think the enduring shot of the bloodline all with gold, that is like going into the start of fans being back, them being as powerful as they possibly could be. It's a really smart play. Also, like you want to talk about a duck to water with Dominic Mysterio and this wrestling game. He's pretty bloody good at it, you know, because he's still in his first year on the main yeah. roster. And like, I mean, his first year sort of like within WWE, he's kind of, he's killing it all the time, really. Like, you know, they're hiding him in tag matches, but I think he's carrying it in singles matches as well. And they uh, they had a bit of a, a, a funny little entrance where they sort of like Ray went back to his Lucha Underground worlds and just sort of like, you know, he was in front of this Aztec temple and then they walked through a Stargate and then they came out the other side dressed as Slapjack. It was <laughs> it was a really weird entrance. Yeah, I don't quite understand why they did Rick and Morty meets Jason. Um, it it was yeah, it was it was it was a little odd. I do I do like the idea that um, <laughs> Dominic and Mysterio are like a Rick and Morty duo traveling across <laughs> wrestling multiverses, and they've just come back from the Friday the Thirteenth dimension because <laughs> oh, oh crap, we got a tag match. Um, and I love the idea of yeah, like the the patriarch being the shorter one, being the sort of inverse of the Rick and Morty. I think it's nice. It's very stupid, but yeah. uh, I, I, I I I saw no problems with it. But yeah, uh, the, the Usos picked up the win here, as you say. Like the uh, the the bloodline now hold all the gold, um, apart from you know the the sink, you know the IC title, but the gold that sort of matters to them in their little stable. And we had a promo with them later on where Roman basically said to him, "It's like, well, you can keep hold of those belts for now." And, and then like you know, Jimmy was there going like, "Oh yeah, no, I acknowledge you, Us. I totally acknowledge you. I definitely one hundred percent acknowledge you," without really sounding like he meant it. Mm. Oh, it's great, isn't it? I absolutely love it. Just every um, every little step going forwards. Oh, it's, yeah, no no complaints. But the main show itself kicked off with the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, which was Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Nikki A.S.H. versus Natalia, Tamina, Zelina Vega, Naomi, and Asuka. Um, I have actually, when I was reading through the comments on the 10 minute review that we posted up, I saw quite a lot of negativity towards this match. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people tweet me, like they're sort of negative towards the match. I had some people say like, I turned the show off after that women's uh, ladder match. It was so appalling that I couldn't oh. bear to watch the rest of the show, which sure, I think is, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, I, I think that is so beyond the pale of, because like it was, it wasn't a terrible match. I really enjoyed this match. In fact, I thought that everyone really got their characters across. The only stuff in this that I thought was a bit bobbins was Alexa Bliss's spooky nonsense and Tamina attempting spots. 
Like that was pretty much the only like downside to this match. Yeah, it was clunky. It was. It, you know, they, they they didn't transition from spot to spot to spot like super, you know, fluently. That, that's okay. Tamina got in way more offense than any of us thought she did. Gosh, she almost she almost got it next year. Next year, I'll be. I'll be, don't worry, Tamina. I'll be backing you next year as well. Don't you worry. Um, fan for life and me uh yeah like natalia and tamina are you know they, they felt like kind of meet in the room uh in terms of like they're there to kind of catch people really and uh mm. tamina kind of doing a bit more stuff than she kind of it felt like she was capable of but um you know like yeah the, i i thought there was lots of nice stuff i i, I i'm on record as not like the spooky bollocks like i don't hate it because i don't watch raw every week to be clear so i don't mind i don't mind a bit of weird stuff like the hypnotizing of zelina vega <laughs> well the, the hypnotizing of zelina vega the reason why, like, like, I, I think it's very silly right i mean yeah. it is, and it is silly proper silly it is you guys remember but the undertaker also- right but it also like it, it didn't make any didn't it didn't make a whole mess of sense because what happened was Alexa Bliss went up the ladder, Zelina Vega was up the other side of the ladder, and so Alexa Bliss hypnotized her, and so you know decided to like make her raise up her hand, so it's like you know the two doinks you know doing the little mirror image thing, but then Alexa Bliss is like, well now I need to make her not reach up for the belt, so I now need to walk down the ladder. Like, well, you haven't helped yourself at all there. Like, if anything, you've actually hampered your chances of winning because Luke, you, 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 she's scampered back up. She scampered back up whilst Zelina was still coming out of her trance. It was, it was, a, it was a viable strategy. It was very silly. It's and like she silly. was trying, to, she was trying to hypnotize the briefcase to fall into her hands. Like there was some like proper and like I think that the crowd really told you everything you need to know or told WWE everything that they probably need to know about this gimmick, which is that Alexa is great when she's just wrestling because the character is cool and her look is cool and her performance is cool. So let's just go with that because when she gets into the spooky stuff, that's when the crowd goes like, nah, um, uh, boo that. Uh, I'm not as into that one as I was into the other part of this. I want to see how it goes, right? Because we, we've come back into fan wrestling, so they can't do a lot of the really contrived stuff that they were doing. Okay. They can't have her hacking the Thunderdome anymore. They can't have her doing kind of um, like random kind of fire, like bringing down equipment and crashing to the ring. Like we're not going to see that kind of cinematic, incredibly high concept, incredibly unbelievable stuff. So I'm up for seeing what they do, like in terms of just like spooky bollocks, but having to do it in front of a live crowd, like having to try and pull off a couple of magic tricks. I'm up for it. It, It's Kane. It's Undertaker. I don't I don't care. Like um, I, I, I really kind of. Yeah, it can wear out its welcome. And I'm glad she didn't win. Because she's already won the briefcase, she doesn't really need it because she's magic, um, and she got taken out of the match and buried under some ladders. So I don't really see what everyone's problem is, to be honest. It, it's what she deserved. It's what <laughs> she deserved. She deserved that. Uh, yeah, and like WWE is a comic book, like it's a cartoon world. Yeah, like so it, it's it's totally fine that you have a spooky character. In it. It's just it's not for me. It's, it's the way that I've always put it in these reviews is that like it's totally fine if you're into it. It's just it's not my cup of tea, uh, and I think that a lot of the time it doesn't really work as well as it probably could do. Um, 
but like what I, I very much enjoyed about this match, A, I enjoyed that Nikki won the match, but B, this crowd was the most wonderfully forgiving crowd because of course they were. It's the first crowd back. This is their first pay-per-view big match. So there was a spot which went totally nipples north and all of the women just sort of stood there was like, uh, and they all just sort of fell down and it was really crap and it was, it was a bit rubbish. But the crowd didn't go, UF dub. Oh, that was rubbish. Boo this. They were like, no, come on, let's go. Just pick yourselves back up, dust yourselves off, let's get back on the horse. Let's just go to the next spot, shall we? That was quite nice, really. Yeah, Nikki, like the ladder kind of almost fell out from under her, but she 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 made the leap, you know? I like it, yeah, there was there was I don't want to use the term sloppy because like just sometimes accidents happen, sometimes spots don't go off. And you know that happens quite a lot in male wrestling as well. Um, I'm not not to, to create a straw man argument, but I do think a lot of people are. Uh, it's comparison to the men's, and also I do think there is generally like a, you see a lot of this kind of stuff get thrown at the women's ladder matches every single year, and it's because yeah, I mean I guess I think most of the women in the match aren't as kind of versed in spot and you know and weaponry based uh offense and just yeah it's everyone's first night back and you know they probably didn't know who was winning the bloody thing until like like a few days before a few hours before even um yeah yeah, i i guess i'm forgiving of it for you know two because like you say i really liked the winner i think that's great i like the closing spot it's great yeah just scamper up and just grab it just grab it why not just do it oh god i got it yeah, so all seven of them, apart from Alexa, who'd been buried under ladders, were all up on top of the ladders, like fighting each other over it. So Nikki essentially just snuck in there and got the briefcase while they were all like fighting amongst each other. So all of a sudden, when she drops down with the briefcase, they're all up on the ladders being like, ah, oh, oh, I took my eye off the prize for a second. Now. Just, just for a split second. And that's how Nikki got the, the briefcase. And I'm so in for Nikki Cross, or Nikki A.S.H. having the briefcase. I think it's a really fun character to put it on. She's someone who thinks she's almost a superhero. So now she's got a briefcase that gives her a title match, but does she truly believe that she's ready for that spot yet? So mm. there's a really nice story that you can tell with that. And then, you know, maybe she'll cash it in ahead of time. Um, maybe she'll cash it and then use it as a heel turn. And like, that's it. So you're just like, ah, screw it. I am a superhero now and I'm a super villain. Like there's some like fun stuff that you can do with this. I, I'm looking forward to the future of Nikki ASH with the, uh, with the briefcase. Yeah, and like Liv got a couple of really nice moments. Naomi, literally, like everyone except Natalia and maybe Tamina, you know, got their moments in the sun. Um, yeah, like I can understand people being just like, well, that match wasn't it. It, it wasn't as well executed as the men's. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. But it was t- first first match back on a pay per view in front of capacity crowd. It's like lads, I if 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 it genuinely upset you that moment with that crowd at this time after everything that everyone's been through if the idea that a couple of botches in a in a multi-women ladder match upset you get get your life sorted your priorities are yeah. out of whack my son i think there are certain people in the wrestling uh, fandom that just want things to be crap you know, like when uh, they, they announced the first Women's Royal Rumble, like I was, I just started working at Rust Talk at that point. And we had a lot of people who messaged me being like, it's going to be a train wreck. 
because they, they can't do a Royal Rumble. Like, they haven't got 30 women. It's going to be awful. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. It's going to be that. And then when the match happened and it was really quite good, those people who wanted it to be bad were just focusing on the stuff that didn't work. And be like, told you it was bad. I told you this thing would work. It's the same with like people who hate AEW and they just want the company to fail. So any like slight mistake they'll make, they'll just measure. I told you they were crap. I told you they were never good. And so it just sort of laser focusing in on on certain things that they don't think work and yeah it's it's not really uh my form of arguments unfortunately i think if that's like you say if that's your ideal probably just find another fandom really find something else to get angry about yeah and uh, yeah. yeah i i think you're right and i look i'm not going to tell anyone like you should like this or you're wrong for for not liking it it's just i i'm like i say i can't personally comprehend the idea of walking away from that match and being upset but like what what you know i thought everyone came out of it i think I, the division is a better off place i think for having that match generally mm-hmm. uh the tag team titles on the raw side of things were on the line next with aj and Amos retaining over the viking raiders this match went way longer than i ever thought it would followed the formula that i would expect which is just you know aj does all the work uh, he gets worked over and does hot tags. And then Amos just comes in and does big moves and looks really tall doing it. Yeah. I, it felt like a reset for the Raiders. Like, I, I, I think AJ and Amos are like, they, you, you know what that, you know what that tag team is. That is a feud waiting to happen. Um, and it's like, everyone's almost kind of like clock watching being like, when's the feud going to happen? Whereas the Viking Raiders are a tag team. We're not looking for a feud there. We'd really just like them to be a tag team again after the... Uh, if you talk about silly bollocks, the, the, the bollocks that I really don't like was their crap against um, Street Profits. I thought that did almost, almost irreparable damage to the Viking Raiders. But it just goes to show if they can have a couple more matches like this. This is the closest we've got to XT Raiders. I think... Yeah. I cannot believe they recapped all of that stuff. Like, the, the show felt like wwe knew that they were going to have a lot of fans returning not just in terms of people in the building but people actually watching the show because you know they've seen people tune out during the pandemic era like tv ratings have fallen through the floor network viewing figures have have fallen through the floor as well so i think they kind of expected a lot of like returning fans for the show because there were so many recap packages of things that have happened previously things that have happened in the past year so it's like returning fans and new fans coming into this yeah and I cannot believe they recapped the Viking Raider Street Profits feud of all the stuff to recap. Bury it. <laughs> Pretend it never happened. When they showed those doofuses going bowling together, I was like, no, this no. was all the bad. This was the bad stuff. Awful. But like you said, I, I, one of the things I was really thankful of this match, like you say, it went longer than anyone expected. But I was really expecting it to be essentially an extended angle where the story, the front and center story is AJ Styles and Omos with Viking Raiders as the sort of, you know, tag team A that we put in here in order to tell this story with the actual characters. But I think the Viking Raiders played a bigger, a much bigger part and had much more of an identity than anyone thought. And I think that can only be a huge positive. And yeah, and I think once the fans realized, oh wait, this is an actual match, I think they actually got really into the second half. Um, yeah. A couple of really good falsies in there. 
Yeah, it was fun as well. Like, it, you know, with live crowd, you, you, know, you can't get those Thunderdome piped in reactions. This crowd was so into AJ Styles. You know, the heel AJ Styles. Cocky heel that people are supposed to hate AJ Styles. I was going, AJ Styles. And like, you know, chanting it for him against the Viking Raiders. So it's lovely having fans back. Um, so here is the WWE Championship match. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. This match went seven and a half minutes. 455 seconds so it is longer than the brock lesnar match um we thought they were going to go the daniel bryan brock lesnar route from survivor series where like the bigger guy dominates the smaller guy gets a brief flurry and then the bigger guy wins what actually happened is that kofi got a bit of a flurry at the start then bobbles just murdered him and then continued to murder him brought him back to life murdered him some more and then made him tap out to the hurt lock to get the win this was a seven and a half minute squash match yeah and it was horrible as well because mm. uh, it was it wasn't just it wasn't about the moves it's about the fact it was kofi and wwe i i almost can't believe i'm kind of giving them the credit but i think they knew what this looked like this like i think they knew that it would that a lot of fans were going to be crying burial um because they knew they knew they'd done this before and this does fit in with brock's storyline like this is it, it this is now forming part of the context of kofi kingston because i hopefully there is another world title reign in kofi before he retires and i think this now being part of that i think that's makes that inevitable thing if it comes uh it's going to be way more kind of like you know overcoming overcoming your past sort of thing but like you say I, I i really feel like this is here to put the heat under biggie or at least it really should be because it was cruel and uh, yeah i hated watching bobby do this and i bobby i don't think is ever i think i said this in the in the stream but bobby's never cut as strong a promo as this and he did it without saying a word yeah and, that, and that's back to back as well because the promo he cut on monday's raw was or like the best promo that he's done in WWE since he came back. And it was like, that's the Bobby that we've been waiting for. And this Bobby right here, this is the Bobby that we've also been waiting for. Just this absolutely murderous man. And he looked awesome doing it. This match was about getting Bobby over, presumably because we expect Goldberg to be back tonight. And they need to they want to make Bobby look strong because you've got the big brick wall in Goldberg coming back. You know, so you're going to have these two unstoppable things going against each other. So I totally get it from that aspect. But also, like, I this is I hate the argument, oh, just let it play out. Because oftentimes you can see that the writing on the wall, this is going to be crap. But I'm being told by that I just need to wait, I, you know, I need to wait this out and see how it goes. This is one of the few times where I think that is applicable. I don't think that you can call, I don't want to call this a burial. I don't want to say that they did Kofi dirty. I think this is one of those times where I was like, I'm super excited to tune into Raw tonight because I want to see what happens with Kofi next. I'd imagine he's not going to be on the show because you want to be selling the beatdown that he's taken here. I really hope that he's not resting on the show, but I want to see what's next in his story. So mm. that from, you know, in that case, in that sense, the, 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 kind of the match was a success for me. I think um, I understand fans who don't have that patience with WWE. I really do. Like WWE do this a lot. Where, like the Brock, Le the Brock Lesnar squash was not the beginning. It wasn't the beginning of a long road back to the title for Kofi. At least, you know, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. They might wreck on it, it was, later than it was. Back, back to the tag team division with you, sir. Yeah. Um, so I get it. I, I really get people who love Kofi and maybe don't have an emotional connection to Bobby Lashley. And I can imagine, I understand people getting pissed off 
I really do. But I think WWE sort of knew the anger they were courting there. And, and I think this time it f- does feel intentional uh, just because how just how crumpled and broken uh, Kofi was. And they know that people really liked Kofi. Like they're not completely oblivious and they know, like they heard Kofi's pop. Like, I think they knew that kind of like, he's going to be one of those guys when the fans come back, you know, after, you know, so, so much time away that he was going to be super beloved. And yeah, they were, he was the sacrificial lamb tonight, but that is a, that is a key storytelling trope. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's not, it's not necessarily Kofi's story right now, but his part in it is integral. And I really hope it's Biggie's story. I hope it's not Goldberg's. And I would like to add here, I hope this is the case. I hope that like in a few months, like a few weeks time, I'm not going to be sat here eating my words, being like, nope, turns out it was just a squash match. And they just, <laughs> just totally buried him. And he's just back to the tag team division with you. And there's, there's actually no direction for this whatsoever. I hope that I'm, com- I hope that that's not the case. And the other divisive match, I think, from this card was the Charlotte Flair-Rhea Ripley match. I thought these two uh, really showed how great they are in this match because they have had the suckiest of suck feuds. This has been a wet fart of a feud between two awful characters who aren't likable in the least, but the company seems to think that one of them at least is likable. And this, the feud has been so bad that when this match started, the crowd chanted for Becky Lynch because they wanted anything other than what was going on in the ring. However, Flair and Ripley are so great together and they're so good individually that they got they moved like from we want Becky chant to a light this is awesome chant to a thunderous this is awesome chant. They totally turned this crowd around, got them back on their side, and had and I mean outside of the ladder matches, easily match of the night. Cannot believe that Rhea wasn't face going into this. If th- if this is how they're going to book the ending, ugh, I, I, I don't I don't get it. Face. She is a baby face, but it, is she? Well, no, she is. So because it, well, yes, that, but they think that she is a baby face, like because they've been asking the Thunderdome crowd to cheer for her. So she is now definitely. She's been teaming with baby faces on the roster as well. So she is. They think she's the baby face in this feud. She is no. She is no baby face. Well, I think when you are when when the angles are stripped away and it's just in terms of the match, she she wrestled this match from about halfway on to the end, like the baby face. Um, and I that was much more convincing uh, like that. The final the fi- the finish I thought was excellent. I'm sure we'll get to that. But like you say, yeah, the story of the match was um, two amazing talents completely underserved by. Um, a terrible feud uh, and yeah just a, a testament to how good both women are that they were able to uh, have the crowd in the palm of their hands and just oh it's it makes you feel it makes you feel optimistic for the future it makes you feel optimistic that no matter how badly WWE can book people as long as they've just got the time on the pay-per-views they can do it they can bring the crowd back and I'm sure yeah like this was a crowd that was it was a boisterous crowd i think they were i think they wanted to see a good match more you know i, I yeah they chanted for becky but i think uh, you know they're not looking to be bored i think they wanted to see a good match especially on this night and yeah i i loved it second best match of the night for me and it was close to be honest mm-hmm. yeah and this is we've been saying this on uh the podcast now for about a year or so the this company hasn't been interested in the raw women's championship 
pretty much since Asuka had the belt. Like they since cared Becky about it. Left, yeah. yeah, since Becky left. Like they cared about it a little bit because they really liked Banks and uh, Bailey together. And so like when Banks and Bailey were involved, they were actually like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll put some focus on this belt now. But as soon as they were not a factor in the women's championship anymore, then they just sort of forgot that Asuka had it. Like Asuka had it for ages and was not wrestling, didn't have a feud. She was on a tag team with Charlotte. And then they gave it to Rhea and they still haven't cared about it. Now that Charlotte has got the belt, I feel like now they're actually going to put some attention back into this belt and make it feel like it's worth something again. And perhaps that's because Becky's coming back. And we don't know, but like, you know, the, the, the feels like it. Are the, the yeah, it feels like it, doesn't it? It feels like Becky's coming back. So now they need to put the belt on an actual star because they've got a star coming back to, to face for it. Yeah, it wasn't quite cheating what Charlotte did. It was, uh, yeah, she was opportunistic and she used the environment, but the environment's there. And, you know, as 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 Ray Rajah Ghul would say in Batman Begins, always be mindful of your surroundings. Um, and so I, I think this does feel like sort of the end of Rhea's time. I do think SummerSlam, I do, like, I... I it sucks because Rhea is so great, as we saw from this match. And she does deserve, I think, to still be in title contention. But SummerSlam, Charlotte versus Becky, like Charlotte as the actual heel and Becky as the returning face. Yeah, it's that's for me. It's bigger than anything else they've got, and uh, you know, which is sad to say because that means they've spent the last year not building anything. Um, the finish of this match uh, saw Charlotte Flair trap Rhea Ripley. Like, first off, she did a top rope natural selection, which was rad. Like, I think Spiked a lot her. of yeah, a lot of people thought that was going to be the finish. That was a really good kick out. And then Charlotte got Rhea's leg in between the steps of the ring steps and the ring apron and drop kicked it, locked in the figure eight for the win. I've seen a few people um, message that. Why was Rhea Ripley's a DQ last month when she flipped up the announcers set, like the, the plastic bit on the announcers table a DQ? But this wasn't a DQ. Um, that's that's a I criticism of that match, not this match. That that's what I would say as well. Like, it, yeah, you're right. It shouldn't have been a DQ first time round. Like, it was a terrible finish at Backlash. Should never have been a DQ. Uh, or was it Hell in a Cell? Whichever Hell one it was. Yeah, it, that shouldn't have been a DQ. So that is on the fault of that match. Um, so I didn't actually have a problem with the, the finish of this whatsoever. It just did, it doesn't make any sense because the other one didn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's full of holes. It really, really is. But the match quality is up there. Um, Rhea will come back from this. She's still insanely young. Never forget that. Uh, obviously, they're building up Charlotte to have as many titles as her dad which, you know, this is another step in, in that direction. Becky's probably going to get it back at SummerSlam if they do wrestle for it. Or maybe Rhea and Charlotte will do a kind of rubber match there and maybe Becky won't come back because Becky just keeps teasing it and eventually you're going to be Boy That Cried Wolf and she'll I mean, come you back. Say, you say it's a rubber match, but Rhea Ripley is 0-3 against Charlotte Flair. <laughs> yes. Uh, what, okay, a rubber match is the wrong term. Maybe just like a redemption match. Then. Yeah, okay, that's much better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we had the men's money in the bank ladder match that we've already talked about. And our main event was Roman Reigns versus Edge for the Blue Universal Championship. So this was um, Roman's match style that he does now. It's like an Akada match. The first 20 minutes are the slow, methodical building to go into that final third. And it is. I, I used to usually see a lot of people were very critical of a card of matches because like, well, you don't need to watch the first 20 minutes, really. But I think the first 20 minutes build to what happens in the final 20 minutes. And I think that's the same with Roman matches. 
However, I you know I can see the I you know the argument behind Sloman Reigns and his slow matches, lots of chatting, lots of rest holds, and this that and the other because this felt every bit of its thirty three minutes. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm probably not gonna watch this match ever again. Uh, which is not necessarily a huge criticism. Uh, I just think it, this was quite exposing of Edge, I would say, rather than Roman, because Roman's matches with the in, with with them indie lads, you're right, did did have you know a lot of you know ten minutes of uh, slow beatdowns, headlocks, and Roman going, yeah like for ages um but then it does heat up and it really really gets to that kind of moment and and it didn't quite get there with with this and i'm not sure if that was because edge was tired or literally just because they had a bunch of stuff they wanted to book and i think this match was overbooked um i i still liked it because i really like roman i thought it was a spectacle for him um i think the crowd really wanted to get behind edge i feel like the match underserved them in terms of stuff they could actually get behind and chant for i feel like especially in like the first 10 minutes i think the fans were like i really want to cheer cheer about something but you're not giving me a whole lot to cheer about because the character stuff can be quite subtle um you know it doesn't give you a you know it's not like playing to the crowd as as much as as much as some people do uh it did heat up but not i'd say a huge huge amount and then Seth ran in and um, Charles Robinson and the least convincing uh, ref bump <laughs> I think we've seen in years. Like, oh, like stuff to the gills yeah. this match was and not in it, it was it was full of a lot of booking, but not necessarily a lot of booking that made you kind of leave your chair and get emotional. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like the, the, the rest hold spot, like when Roman had him in a headlock went on forever and i get what they were going for they were trying to do that whole like you really kill the crowd down and once you've killed the crowd down the crowd all all like almost organically build themselves back up because they'll be like they'll realize they're in the lull so they'll pick themselves back up and that's when you do the the next bit of it but they waited i think a little bit too long on that so what we essentially just watched was roman reigns put edge in a headlock forever a long old time he had him in there and i i think a lot of that kind of kills the flow of the match but you're right like the final 10 minutes were really really good like when it was just a bit more fast-paced a bit more boom 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 the ref bump was hilariously crap because charles robinson barely got nicked and he went down like a sack of spuds and like just hit the deck and it was yeah like full like you know medical staff ran down it raised the massive question of why wasn't a second ref sent out? Why did it take them seven minutes to send out a second referee? Like that, you got you got fifty of them. Like just send one of them out. Like Jessica's in the back; she's not doing outs. Just you know, send her down. And there was a lot of like holes within this, just so they could allow Seth to get in and do his interference and all this sort of stuff, and do the stuff with the chair. That bit of the chair that the, the Edge bloody loves, where he takes it off the chair and puts it in people's mouths and whatnot. It's like, well, we, we want to do those spots where we can't have a ref there. So let's take the referee out and then just not have one for seven minutes. Yeah. Um. So I, I totally get those criticisms of the match as well. But you know, I, I did enjoy it. I, But like you, I, I don't think I'm going to watch it again. I think I enjoyed it. Like I was incredibly compelled by it because obviously we do predictions with wrestling. And when something's on the line, wrestling is a lot more compelling. Uh, I can understand people being less compelled because a lot of people, I think, thought it was a foregone conclusion. But there was something in the air. Um, like I think knowing that Edge isn't going to win it 
going back, I think will kill this match on a rewatch. I think the idea that it's the first night back with fans really did make it feel like, well, something could happen, which is why when the Usos ran in and their run-in was cut off by Mysterio and Son, um, it was like, oh, it, oh, uh, and I, like people allowed themselves to kind of believe it allows their heart rates to, to quicken. And knowing that's not coming, uh, I think will make this match quite a boring rewatch, to be honest. But um, it, it's, it's tricky, man. They haven't done a, a pay-per-view main event in a year and a half. You know, you can yeah. cut you can some slack. They haven't really done one of the, I mean, you could argue, obviously, they did WrestleMania 37, but, you know, they haven't done a one-on-one pay-per-view like singles match in this Roman Reigns style in front of fans like for a very long time and uh yeah i it doesn't excuse all the like you say the holes in the booking but um i think the ceremony and the occasion elevated uh what would what is is actually quite a mediocre match i think was elevated by the occasion and the possibilities and and the doubt that i think people had in their mind especially with seth saying i've got next because we know he's fighting edge at SummerSlam. so him saying that that did more for the match than anything did. But it wasn't the end of the show. Seth and Edge brawled, and they brawled to the back. And then Roman Reigns is cutting a promo, and who should interrupt him? But Wabadu, Vin Diesel's brother, John Cena, made his WWE return. Now, I um, I, I scroll through comments, you know, because we reply to comments on these videos. It's good for YouTube interactive stuff. The algorithm likes it, this and the other. And it's good to go and get feedback from uh, from viewers and stuff. There were a handful of people that were very upset at us on last night's live stream reaction because we didn't mark out enough for John Cena. Um, and we, we've we had this before, in fact. You know when, like, a couple of years ago when Cena came back as the Thugonomics John Cena at WrestleMania? Mm. And it was me, Ollie, and Laurie watching it in the studio together. And we all just went, oh, okay, cool. Like, R- yeah, I'm wry like, I'm smile like, rather than. And, like, and, and people got so mad at us for not enjoying it because, like, they loved Thugonomics John Cena. And, like, my argument was A, I wasn't watching wrestling when Thugonomics John Cena was around. And B, I thought it was proper lame. Like, it was one of the things that made me not want to watch. I was like, this is proper crap, this. This is why I'm not watching wrestling. And I didn't like it. It made sense when it was a heel, because they're like, oh, right, because he's bad at rapping. And that's the that that's the gimmick. He's bad at raps, and that's where the heat comes from. And then he was a baby face. He was like, well, now he's just bad. He just does bad rhymes and just talks about his dick a lot. Like, I'm not going to cheer this man with his US title spinner belt. So I, I've... And then, you know, when I was watching wrestling, I got back into wrestling. I'm in my 20s and I'm in the John Cena sucks crowd because I thought he was a bit pants. So I, I don't have that childhood nostalgia for him. So when he came back, it was, it was just a case of, yeah, Cena's back. Because of course he's back. He hasn't been gone that long. Like, it's only been, it's been about, about a year. It's not like this was some, it wasn't like CM Punk came back or anything. It was like this ginormous return. It's just, yeah, yeah, Cena's back. Because of course he's back. Also, we, we, we knew he was coming back like it was either going to be tonight or smackdown it's a coin flip and you know yeah. why not do it in he front of fans coming back. Yeah, yeah he said he was coming back we we know it's we know it's happening at SummerSlam, um and like it was half four in the morning <laughs> <laughs> no no like i i'm i'm happy to see cena the new i think because i i think he uh has had like like so many great wrestlers best match has been against John Cena. You know, like he he's just 
he's a he's a big fight feel. I think he'll do a lot better against Roman than Edge did. <laughs> Lights are on bright. Um, I yeah, I, I'm super stoked to see him back. I can't wait to see the match. I think it's gonna be a really, really fun yeah. match to watch. And I'm really happy that the pop happened. I'm yeah. I I feel considering the hard work that Cena has done, especially since 2015 especially since 2015 when he sort of reinvented himself as a kind of a dark horse workhorse um he he deserves that kind of austin level pop and it was and it, it was huge huge pop and i'm i'm very very happy for the lad uh, but so you know we, we we were tired and we thought it was probably going to happen anyway so yeah, sorry that <laughs> sorry we didn't push our computers over <laughs> Because I know that people got really excited to see him back, and that that's really good. Like, and I think the match he's going to have with Roman at SummerSlam is going to slap hard. Like, I think that's going to be you, a- TikTok. You did it. Nice. Well done. For, well done on you. Bougie in that. Uh, I think it is going to be an awesome match. Like, I I've I've one of those people that proper turned the corner on Cena in that 2015 US title, US Open title run. Like, that was when I was like, oh, actually, yeah, the, the lad in the jorts is all right to be honest. Mm. And uh, you know, the the wababadu is 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 fun to sort of make fun of in that. And like, so I, and I love him as a as a film star as well. So I, I I've, I've proper turned a corner. Also, as I said in last night's stream, one of the nicest lads I've ever interviewed. So I'm super excited that he's back. It's just for me, it was not like the uh, the all time great return that I think uh, like people are just like today acting like this was like the biggest thing on the show. And for me, this was like probably the third biggest thing on the show, mm. and I and I, and that that's that's cool. Like it's uh, I saw someone today like Cena is like one of the all time greats and is greater than the greats that came before him. I'm like, whoa, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit there. <laughs> I all right, like <laughs> I get I get WWE pushing that angle because no no this no this is a fan this was sat. Oh, fine, you know, like, fine, <laughs> you know, but like WWE, you know, obviously they like, and that pop, you know, they, they immediately after the show posted that pop to Twitter. It was all over Twitter and it was generally you know, like, nice to see everyone quote tweeting it with their favorite memories of John Cena and how happy they are to see him back. Cause obviously we, we work with a, a, a few, young, like a lot of younger fans, um, a lot of younger journalists, I would I would say, like people in their early to mid twenties, and I think John Cena does mean something different for those guys. Exactly. Uh, John Cena for probably has been better uh, for them for longer. You know, like the majority of their memories of John Cena are well, the good stuff, not two thousand eight, two thousand nine, twenty ten. You know, like the the real dark times. But yeah, John Cena. Yeah, I can understand John Cena being pushed as the as the only news story to come out of this because please watch wrestling again wwe is shouting into <laughs> yeah. there he's a film star he's in like two big films that are out at the moment come watch our product again so yeah i, I thought it was it, it's it's pretty cool um like i i think it's a, a probably a lot like when the rock came back uh for the scene fuse like i think that there were fans like us who were you know they we were kids when the rock was on the ascent so we were like oh man this is brilliant the rock's back but there would have been the kids that were like i don't know who this guy is who's this old man like i want to cheer the lad in the jorts um so yeah i i I totally get it you know now that people are a bit older like this was my favorite guy when i was a kid and now i get to see him again and that's awesome so that's pretty rad overall i thoroughly enjoyed this show like i gave it five out of five in the uh, in the review because i was like well there wasn't a bad thing on the on the card so I, I, how can you not give it five out of five what about it's you different show as well like it's it's like night one of wrestlemania it means something else to to see 
this many people come together and there's sentimentality underpinning it but that's life uh, and WWE and wrestling is a very emotion centric uh, product and I think the overarching emotion from the crowd from us watching from generally everything is just like part part way relief part joy and part surprise you know it's like wrestling is back they put over some people that we didn't think they would necessarily Cena's back to have a really great match um yet like a whole bunch of really nice wrestling happened uh, and oh my god i've missed fans uh you know one you know safety precautions to to, to one side you know it, in a hypothetical in a perfect world where no ill comes from having capacity fans back it's a different product it is night and day to what really like is. comparing this to hell in a cell last month it is night and day um like I said, it's like a light switch has been turned on in the dark room. It is so different and so much more um, overwhelming, so much more kind of sensational. Uh, and just it feels like an, an alive in, like product again because the fans are chanting for who they care about. And, and actually, like people really hearing how much people care about Big E. Not yeah. the piped in Thunderdome like fake cheers the actual cheers from actual people who are really happy that biggie's getting it it's, it's yeah, yeah wonderful stuff the last few months where wwe essentially stopped like you know they, they were putting on shows but they just stopped raw had stopped and i feel like pay-per-views had stopped as well because they were just repeats of what they had done previously and i think smackdown was in the similar boat and you know our the polls that we've been doing reflect that people are like i'm done with this show like i'm bored like this is a not a good show and it was a lot you know always in the lower half of the you know out of five category you compare that to what smackdown got this past friday everyone was so into it and you compare that to here Look at this, 53% great per view, four out of five. 28% that it was a five out of five show. Like the lower half of this is so much smaller because they are just really into this. So I'm, I'm curious to see what reaction Raw gets. Bear in mind that Raw has been consistently terrible this year. I'm so excited to see what the reaction is going to be tomorrow uh, by when we review it tomorrow. I think it's good. I, I'm hoping for the best because we're essentially on the road to WrestleMania now. Yeah. And Cena's opening the show. Like they are looking to get a big, big bump in ratings. They've like Cena, although he's on SmackDown, he's opening Raw. Like he is. As he should. Uh, let's get into the rest of your ultra chats if you want to get them in. Ding, ding, ding. This is your last call. It is wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We will be reading out all of them above the $5 mark. Chris Verano says, was there live last night? Watching Charlotte Rhea turn that crowd was amazing. Kudos to those two amazing women. And the pop for Cena's return is one of the loudest reactions I've ever heard live. Uh, Roberto, this is from last night's stream, said uh, John Cena's guile haircuts for his upcoming role in Street Fighter. Yeah, I mean, it was Andy Datsun uh, texters, and I had the similar thought as well. He proper looks like Chris Packham. You know, he's just like, spring watches over, and he's now going to go do a wrestling. I instead. don't know what I don't. I didn't have the heart to tell Andy that I've got no idea who Chris Packham is. Oh, do you not watch Springwatch? No. Oh, mate, you should. What do. is it? Spring Watch, basically, it's these two. Uh, 
people. It's two BBC presenters, and they just have like hidden cameras around like gardens and stuff, and just show you what like happens during spring and like all the animals and stuff. Like you know, a, a, a family of voles who are like you know doing vole stuff. You know, here's some badgers and that sort of that sort of gubbins. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you say if you say so, pal. He presents it with Michaela Strachan. Uh, Adrian Strupp says, uh, "Riddle flew under the radar, but was low key my favorite part of the ladder match. His reaction to Rick's flip was great, and I popped for every RKO he delivered. Also, was way more excited to see Beige win than for John Cena." Uh, Kevin said, "Smithers, are they booing me? No, sir. I think they're saying Drew." Are you saying boo or Drew? <laughs> let's just let's, Drew. let's everyone be careful. Drew's great. Uh, Drew yeah. is a Drew is a good baby face. Um, he is just like yeah, WWE. He, he doesn't book himself to be in the main event of every single uh, like in the WWE title shot of every single show. Drew's great. Let's just not. I, I, fans really love a narrative. They love a snowballing narrative of backlash against certain figures because they feel like we're uh, WWE. WWE shoving down our throat. Please let's chill out with Drew Hay. He's proper brilliant. Proper great. Um, I actually asked this last night, but I didn't get an answer from you. Did you ever book Drew in a ladder match? No. No, we didn't. We booked him in a Royal Rumble, basically. Uh, like a, almost a kind of a one-man Royal Rumble. Uh, but no, we, we did not. Uh, Joe strikes from where I was in the live audience. The crowd did not care about Rhea Ripley at all. Charlotte did her best to put her over as the champion, but Ripley felt not even in the same league. That KO backflip, OMG, and love to see Nikki win money in the bank. Um, Bacon Rash said, Hi, lads. I like Beach, but comedy face characters winning money in the bank again didn't work well for Otis. I do prefer it when a heel wins, as cash ins can come from anywhere. For me, it just doesn't seem to work with a baby face having the briefcase in going by past winners, jam that jam. Uh, I've outlined what my booking would be for Nikki. I, I think she can absolutely like getting her confidence up to do it. I think works. Biggie, I agree. I don't think it makes a lot of sense for him to be. Ooh, got it. Uh, I, I want to see him cash in on Bobby immediately. Um, CJ Lilly, hi guys. I really enjoyed the show last night, especially the Alexa reception. As all I heard before is this should be booed out of the building. That didn't happen. She looked great in the match. She looked so strong. They gave her the big show burial spot. Anthony Velasquez said, I think Liv should have won the Money in the Bank briefcase. My only worry with Nikki having the briefcase with the gimmick is that she has in WWE might make it a comedy prop like they did with Otis last year. I can see Nikki having a failed cash-in. Kind of works for Nikki to have a failed cash-in though, because Maybe she did it. She was did it too early because she is almost. She's not an actual superhero. She's almost. So she cashes in too early. That's a that's a lesson learned for. Her. And I think that's a quite a nice bit of character development. Uh, Sam Mort said, "I'm with you guys on leaving the new day together. However, if one was to turn, I'd rather Biggie wins the title and Kofi gets jealous. I think he'd be a more effective heel than Biggie. Although I hope Nikki isn't in a notice situation with the briefcase. I mean, I ain't turning any of them heel." Please no. don't don't do it. Not, let let, let the friendship it. live. Let it let it just let it, it be the one great wrestling friendship that never ever ever comes asunder. Luke Thomas. All right, lads. I'm a massive John Cena mark, so nothing could have spoiled his return. But good God, Michael Cole tried his best. Thought this was a brilliant show. Delighted for Biggie. I'm really interested to see where they go with this angle next. I've seen a few people really dunk on Michael Cole for his uh, call. Really? I thought Michael Cole's call was really good. Yeah, I thought I really enjoyed. Um, it didn't sound uh, scripted. It didn't sound scripted. Where? where that was really, really good. But now, like John, like M Michael Cole's 
voice sliding up six octaves. Like he sounded genuinely blown away. Like, don't get me wrong. Like for the love of mankind is terrible, but it didn't sound, I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked by, by that. Uh, Ryan says last night was incredible. What a pay-per-view. Want to thank Adam for your constant entertainment since 2015. Uh, the Decker You're Dame welcome. said, must admit, got a little emotional seeing Biggie win the briefcase. I hope it's a sign of better things to come in WWE. Great pay-per-view last night. Solid wrestling, a superb men's money in the bank, and amazing scenes with the return of Cena. Bring on SummerSlam. It's nice to see people excited about wrestling. Uh, Matthew Robinson said, Hi, guys. Uh, wow, love your live reactions last night. I think this is the best show of the year for WWE. Probably the best money in the bank match. Gotta love Beige. I really hope the plan is for him to go after Bobby since what happened to Kofi. Do you think there's a chance that he stays on SmackDown to go after Roman? Maybe Maybe New Day first Uso family war. Uh, what are your thoughts? Maybe. I, I think there's rumors, obviously, of a post-SummerSlam draft uh, or a shake-up. And I think if New Day came over to SmackDown, I wouldn't be a it because New Day versus the Bloodline could be a really great faction feud. Like, really, really good. And, you know, Roman is kind of slowly running out of challenges. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it has to be Bobby, but it just feels like there's lots of storytelling left on the table for Biggie versus Lashley. Uh, Killface EXW says, OMG, the men's money in the bank was the best I've ever seen. Congrats to Big E. And I knew the moment Drew lost was the moment that he didn't take the sword out to the ring. In all seriousness, good performances from everyone in their match. Have a great day. Devante Lee said, Big E has always said his dream match is Goldberg. So I'd be totally okay with Goldberg, Bobby, and Big E match at SummerSlam for the title. Give him his dream match and the title. It would be beautiful. I do feel that a lot of people say like it's his dream match. I do feel like he was trolling people when he said that was his dream match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe like you know he what I'm um, you know when did Big E grow up? You know, yeah, but the um, way he talks about the match, Adam, it doesn't sound like it's a super serious like that's a dream match. He's just like, oh man, can you imagine the big meaty men slapping meat with each other? <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't I haven't seen this this tweet or this interview or. Well, what it was is. on the podcast, I think. And like uh, Xavier Woods is killing himself laughing while Biggie is talking about the meaty men slapping each other's meat. Okay. Um, Brandon says, um, went to Money in the Bank. It was my first live show with friends. Match of the night for me was the men's Money in the Bank. Big ending off the ladder was so awesome. So happy for Biggie. Oof, that looked like it. Sucks to take from both ends. Yeah, like just Big E, get a finishing move that isn't someone landing on your bloody shoulder, mate. It's bad enough that you keep diving onto it when you're just falling out the rink. Oh uh, my god. Dylan Haggard, seeing Cena's return was such a great moment. His promo after the show went off the air, uh, after the show went off the air was great. Uh he's told uh he's not being told he sucks anymore because people have realized how good he was and is. Um Yutias says, uh, yep, guy in the right was absolutely right. Uh, Roman versus Edge kind of exposed Edge's weakness more than anything. Roman probably had to pace the match in accordance to Edge's pace. Isn't a knock on Edge. It's one of the greatest things, uh, but that is an age thing. And then said, where do the women's and men's money in the bank matches fall into the best ever? I think I'd have to look at them all side by side. But like, yeah, I think it's kind of recency bias at the moment. But man alive, I loved that match. I can't I can't think of a better match right off the top of my head. I, I can't. I can think of Pete maybe like individual moments like um Shelton running up the ladder for the first time, like is insane. But in terms of a match like where I was like you say, you didn't write any notes for it. Like, uh, Alexa Yeah, it just started uh, hot and kept going. 
Alexander Renaissance said, after all these years, Roman still looks like he can't outmatch Big John in anything. Standing there in the ring thinking, why can't anyone acknowledge me like they acknowledge him? Declan Malloy, David Flair needs to come back and manage Charlotte Flair so they can be Chaz and Dave. <laughs> that took me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Uh, CJ Lilly, uh, me again. I think they've. Uh, we've actually established. Do you want, a few do you want to explain who Chaz and Dave is <laughs> to our not. American no, no, Absolutely not. No, I think, that, I, I think it's best to leave as it is. Rabbit, rabbit. Um, I think we've established a few rules for Alexa's powers. She has to maintain eye contact with the person object, as we saw last night and a few weeks before. If someone interrupts her, the effect stops straight away. Uh, where do you think she goes next? I think she feuds with Eva Marie. That's what they set up on last week's Raw. Yeah. Uh, X Machina, could Rhea versus Nikki be a, a good angle to go after this? Nikki aspiring to be a superhero versus Rhea, having absorbed the worst anti-hero lessons from the feud with Charlotte. Focus has always been on bad booking of the Royal Men's title, but non-title feuds are where WWE really fails. Mm, I, may, maybe. I don't think that's always true. Like Otis and Mandy and Dolph and Sonya Deville like had one of the best book feuds in years. I think what um, uh, X Machina was saying specifically was in the women's t- uh, women's division. Like the WWE are very bad at doing secondary feuds. Um, I, within the, yeah, on I guess notes. Mandy versus Sonya though. Like I didn't have a title involved, and uh, don't get me wrong, that that's it's an exception. <laughs> it's an exception to prove the rule. Yes, you're absolutely right. But you know, like um, Dana and Mandy versus Nia Jax and Shayna. <laughs> Uh, Eamon McDivitt said, hi guys, great work as always. Fantasy booking, Sasha wins back the title as a heel and goes on a good run. She cuts a promo on how there's no one else to beat. The old Bailey returns and challenges her at WrestleMania thoughts. Um, when Bailey comes back, I, I think it's going to be huge. Uh, yeah. Because the story of Bailey being so great in the pandemic and not getting that moment in front of fans heartbreaking really really heartbreaking but i think when she finally laces up her boots and probably does return as a face not that you don't have to do she doesn't have to put the ponytail up but when she when she finally steps back in the ring i think it's going to be proper thunderous for bailey i would um i would almost do it as like a a mankind cactus jack kind of thing where it's like you're right i can't beat you but i know someone who can she takes off the wig to reveal she's actually got long hair she's got tiny the the tube men just kind of explode from uh, Stephen said, "Thank God for the Big E win." Question: What are your favorite matches and moments that lend uh, lend the story? Uh, mine is being a Mega Ricardo too when Kenny collapses from pure exhaustion as Ricardo goes for the Rainmaker. It's just perfect. Thank you as always, my dudes. Jam that jam. Um, I don't, I don't quite understand the question. Yeah, um, that lends to the story. Favorite match moments that lends to the story. Like I, I, mean, I do love that Kenny exhaustion spot. It's very, very cool. Yeah, I think um, the kind of like Sammy and Kevin, um, their first match in NXT on Takeover was like proper wonderful. Um, and I, I, well, I think like the stuff with Kofi and and Bobby, like in, if you're just talking about like literally like little moments of physicality that really um, Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, like horrible moments like him landing on his head and just like selling where he looks like he's really really hurt and glassy eyed 
um, th these things that kind of aren't necessarily specific spots, but they're isolated moments that just draw you in and make you afraid. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess moments like those. Uh, Kamal Arif says, Biggie has the Money the Bank briefcase, Roman versus Cena, Hangman versus Kenny. What a time to be a wrestling fan. Also, legend says that Charles Robinson is still selling his knee. Nate S, uh, Luke, would you rather jam it in on Pete or Laurier? You plan to jam it in at uh, ja Summer Jam, the jammiest show of the summer. The uh, big, question. Mean, uh, big question. Big uh, question. And I'm not going to reveal any of my plans with the jam in the jar. Uh, I've, you know, I, I, I will pick my moments. Let's just say that. Question, does the Jam in the Jar have an expiry date? Uh, I would have thought so probably till the next Money in the Bank. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I've got to, I can hold it for a little while. Uh, Will Campbell said, quick shout out to Adam for getting me into WrestleTalk in the first place when I randomly found one of his lists. Also, when Money in the Bank off the air, I immediately went back to the start of the men's ladder match to rewatch it. It was that great. Uh, Charles Berg says, hi, Adam. Sorry, I thought that was all in good fun in terms of the Toriano thing. Uh, oh, it is. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> I'll call you Adam. You deserve a good nickname. I'm only good at uh, picking bad nicknames. Anyways, I hope anyone uh, who likes JRPGs to play Yakuza like a dragon, it's really fun. Um, WTVS said, I see Lucas turned babyface finally. He's being a lot more positive about WWE today. It's because it's fucking good for a change. Like, it's easy to be positive about a show when it's good. Like, it's not It's not hard. I don't think he is a full babyface, though. He's <laughs> wanted to hold on to this jam in the jar for a while. Why don't you challenge Why don't you challenge Pete at SummerSlam? Make it a triple threat. You know, do it. Uh, well, do it now. Yeah. I'm not going to do it right now. If, I, if I'm going, if I'm going to challenge Pete, I want him to be on the the stream with us at the very least. No, I do it while know. I'm here. <laughs> I wanted to know that I'm I'm jamming it in. Um, Dylan Russell said, uh, "Long time fan, can I get a shout out to my band Wolves of Oz? We mix uh, degent new metal with R and B pop, like early Linkin Park and Michael Jackson had a baby." Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Wolves of Oz. Thank you, appreciate it. You had me at new metal, kind of lost me at some of the other stuff. Um, because oh, I mean, I, 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 I don't say I'm listening to a podcast about new metal now. It's my new favorite podcast. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> Pod Cast. Which is very good. It's very clever, um, and yeah, it's just two guys, and they just play pick an album uh, every month and just talk about it, and it's wonderful. It's two guys who are in their thirties who can't let new metal go, just like me. I also appreciate the themes of this album. Like, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to clean my bedroom at the time, and I still don't want to clean my bedroom. I, I was talking to my wife about this, I'm like, because Corn's first album, like Jonathan Davis, has got a song in there at the end where he's like, because he was like, he was abused as a child by like his family members and stuff. He had like a terrible, terrible childhood, and he sings about it, like he cries during these songs, like it's an emotional thing. And I'm there with my wonderful upbringing and my parents who like are still together. I always had a roof over my head. We always had a full tummy, and I can sit there listening to it, like, yeah, man, Jonathan, I relate, man. I, I totally <laughs> get what you're saying. Yeah, screw him. Screw him. Burn this house down. <laughs> uh, Dylan Haggett said, can Cena give Roman what Stephen Larson have dubbed Cryface? <laughs> Wait, wh what? I don't know. Maybe he can do. Um, uh, and Gary Pierce, very lastly, said, I thought the paper was very good. Very much enjoyed it. But the best part of the viewing experience was watching your reactions and realizing that Tempest with his new mask is what happens when Hello Kitty and Car Drago from Farscape have a child together. I mean, you mentioned Farscape there. Farscape was not my show. No, same. Are we, are we, are we Googling now? We're going to have a quick Google of it now. Yep. I mean, it looks like a Farscape character. I'll tell you that much. What's the name of the character? 
Um, Cardro, I'll, I'll pop it into the because it's sort of like an apostrophe and, and stuff like that because obviously it's science fiction, so it's, it's felt like that. Of course it is. Um, I I think it's quite funny because he just looks like he's always got a very like ruddy nose, like it's. <laughs> that is that is quite. Funny. He's constantly got hay fever and he's just been blowing his nose all day long. I just love the fact that it's just like after every quiz on Mania, because we've seen what's underneath uh, Tempest's mask, not to blow the lid off the business or anything. But after every stream, uh, after every quiz Mania, he had this just horrible, sore, red nose. We're like, mate, you need to get a mask with a with a bigger nose on it. And he's overcorrected. It's it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's gone. He's gone too far. <laughs> Because it, it's such a big block color, <laughs> it's so it's very pink. It's just... which you know nothing against pink. It's just that no. pink on white, it just shines out and it makes him look like he's got he a child like off he just... his nose. And he looks looks so sad in every photo because he got this big red. <laughs> he looks like like one of those proper kind of alcoholic mates of your dad's from down the working <laughs> men's club. Proper, proper wine conk like yeah yeah it looks like the sort of mask that would be on the front cover of a really cheap horror movie of like the clown that like the sad clown that went mad and started murdering kids in that honko the murdering clown <laughs> honko the murder clown right well on that note on that bombshell let's break on that this bombshell <laughs> Uh, thank you all so much for watching. Please do consider subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. We are nearing our 50,000 subscriber goal. Uh, please do also pull your thumb out and give us a thumbs up as well before you do leave this video. Very much appreciate every single person tuning in for this show. I've been Luke Cohen. That has been Adam Blompier. He's got to go and play some board games with Denise Salcedo. Jam that jam, everyone. Jam that jam. Bye, Adam. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 